Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew joining me here through the interwebs once again. Dominique Marks, a.k.a. the host of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can catch that weekly, usually within the latter end of your week, the Raw Sex Podcast. You can catch that anywhere where you can find podcasts where you popularly listen to them, talking everything between the love world, dating world, relationships, sex, everything related to that. Make sure y'all check that out and listen to that to see whenever a new episode drops, usually between Thursdays and Fridays every week. And of course, my man in the place to be, J.O., who, of course, chops us up with us. We did a great job last week of getting together with that Bone Thugs and Harmony East 1999 Eternal which had some great response from the internet. So I'm glad that we were able to get that out. But now we got the crew back together again, and we're going to dig into another one. As always, guys, appreciate y'all being here with me so we can chop up yet another classic. As always, we say here in the Vault Classic Music Reviews, hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics of MBTC for short. And guys, we got yet another one coming up here today. One that as the week approached, we saw a lot of publicity out there on social media and on the Internet. And for good reason, because it's a memorable album that all of us remember. And if you're a hip hop head, this is a special album for most of you. If you would appreciate the culture and also the art of hip hop as well. And guys, I'm talking about none other than Raekwon's debut studio album, Only Built for Cuban Links more affectionately known as the purple tape (laughs) 25 years ago released on august 1st 1995 the purple tape which if to tell you the truth i never really picked up on the nickname of this album until about a couple of years ago and it was because i spent so much time on hip-hop groups and also on social media that people were talking about the purple tape now I knew that the tape was purple, (laughs) but people were talking about some, oh, bam, they were talking about it. They weren't singing the actual name of the album. They were only talking about the purple tape. Popularly enough, this album, when it came out on cassette tape, because that's the version of it that I had when I got the album, was a purple cassette tape. It was the first time I saw a tape that wasn't a dub tape that you got from either Memorex or one of those brands that came out that wasn't a clear tape or anything, maybe even yellow or black. No, this was a purple tape. Set it aside from pretty much anything else that was out there on the market. But only built for Cuba Links, guys. Released August 1st, 1995, 25 years ago. Recorded between 1994 and 1995. A runtime of 73 minutes and 25 seconds. Recorded on the famous Loud Records, RCA Records. Executive producers, The RZA. Mitchell Diggs, and also Ollie Power Grant, who executive produced all of the Woo's albums that came out as well. He is also the uh, creator and also the executive for WooWare as it came out. And uh, this was a team that worked together on a lot of different 
projects. And uh, this was the third Wu-Tang member solo project to come out for the crew. The first one in 1994 was Method Man's To Cal. The second was the one released earlier this year was Old Dirty Bastards Return to the 36 Chambers. And this was the third one that was coming up on deck was only built for Cuban links that came out in that summertime. So we're going to go ahead and get into the album just to sort of get you guys reaction to it. And I have to be honest, the reaction that I've seen from this album was amazing this week because everyone's seeing like, yo man, purple tapes turning 25 this week, turning 25 this week. And just the type of love that you see it get as I'm on a Twitter verse and I've been on Twitter and on Facebook and in rap groups. I mean, Jay, I think we're in a couple of rap groups where people talk about this album and rightfully so, but this is an album that came out during a year and during a time where you saw like it was the best of both worlds. You really got a chance to see rap in its grimy state and also got to see rap as it was starting to flourish more as a commercial viability. Of course it came from Wu-Tang Clan and it came from Raekwon. And Raekwon, who was an MC that everybody knew his capabilities from Enter the 36 Chambers and on the guest spots he had on other solo members. And he was really starting to emerge, and this was his time to shine. And it brings back a lot of memories of that summer, man, that vaunted summer of 1995. So we're just going to go through it, man, just to see what you guys thought about it. Only built for Cuban links, the purple tape, 25 years old. So I'll actually go ahead and start with you, Jay, man. Just your reactions on when you first heard the tape back in the day, and then as time has gone on, you listening to it since that it's release date. And now this week, listening to it, what you think about it and how you think its legacy has sort of just moved on. Yeah, I think back to 1995, um, August of 95, I was like right before I was about to start ninth grade. Wu-Tang pretty much was solidified by this point. So then like I bought a Raekwon joint on tape, you know what I'm saying? Like most people did back in the 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. only the richy rich ones that get CDs, but that's another <laughs> conversation at the topic. Um, right. <laughs> but nah, like I remember ta- I remember taking it taking it out of the um, package, taking the plastic off and everything like that. It was like, I thought like, you know what I'm saying? I, I like burnt in the sense like, you know, wait, is this like a fake joint? Like did somebody like burn me as far as like an actual copy? Like, yeah. I felt like, you know what I'm saying? I got hustled that nobody beats the whiz. And yeah, I know I'm showing my age, but. Mm, just yeah. taking you back to that time nobody frame. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the, I thought the Wiz. Yeah, I definitely the Wiz to beat me that day. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but nah, then like you know, like I'm just I'm just staying like, okay, why is this joint purple? Like what the hell? So I, anyway, I put the joint on, just figure I just let it ride, whatever. Like that, I'm thinking, okay, it might be some joints I need to skip through, but it was just definitely cranking. Like you know, what I'm saying like skits and you know, RZA's production and just like, you know, the assembly as far as like, you know, certain Wu members on certain tracks and everything like that. And it's funny because like, this wasn't really an album I had to revisit because I still play that album. You know what I mean? It's almost like I put it in that same conversation with like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Chronicle, even 36 Chambers, you know, Wu's original, you know what I'm saying? Debut album. So it still holds up today, at least for me, as far as like, you know, the quality of it and just how, how hard it ain't bang. So, you know, just listen to it now. I mean, it just really quenches that thirst for real hip-hop you know yeah. for me so like especially and it does have the nostalgic value even though some songs you know still bang today in certain circles like you know but i'm i'm sure we're getting to that later on in in, in the show but yeah man it still holds up just as good as today as it did 25 years ago that's crazy like 25 years ago you know I mean two and a half decades it's just like wow like yeah <laughs> and it speaks sort of to the longevity of the material that was being done on this album the fact that i remember uh when first hearing this tape and then also looking at the 
the tracks that you see on here that you remember because mm-hmm. they were singles and the ones that you saw for videos, but then even the album cuts themselves are things that are just like, whoa. You know, like sometimes album cuts don't necessarily stick with you that much, but on a classic album, though, you get that feeling that the album cuts are almost just as almost as much as anticipated as the singles themselves because they stick with you and how great the quality was. So I definitely feel you on that. It wasn't something I had to revisit, but uh, we'll move on with Damo. So what do you, what say you, man? Um, I know at that point we hadn't met when this album came out, but we talked about it a lot in our circles when we were in high school, but just your reaction when you finally got a chance to, Listen to it, and then listening to it now, what you thought leading up to this week? I was still, uh, I'm not going to say a little version of hip-hop. Like, we all know I love my R&B, you know, small dudes playing the old music on Sunday morning to clean up the house or go to church or whatever. But I was a little version to this show, 95. I ain't hear it in 95. I listen to, you know, you know, Wu-Tang, of course. You know, everybody rocking Wu-Tang clothes and stuff like that. So I didn't really run to go... First of all, at 12, my mom still wasn't ready to accept that I listened to rap music. She, <laughs> she took my, she took whatever rap Joan she found in mine. She burned it like, uh, you listen to this music? <laughs> <laughs> she still wasn't ready to accept that the baby was becoming a teenager. So, you yeah. know, me running to go and get a rap. I was like, I ain't nobody going to get that. She she broke my last tape I had up in there. So I ain't even, I didn't even go get it. But when I finally listened to it, probably right around when I started hanging around y'all at Bowie, I, I listened to it. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. I didn't even know Quan was this nice. Mm. I said, I was sleeping. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You were. So then, I'm going to say, before it's funny that you brought the album up. I was thinking about the album. I think I listened to it last year. I, last time I listened to it was when... uh. Pusha T did uh, his album, the joint that had six songs on it. What's the name of the album he just did last year? Daytona. I can't think of it. Daytona. Daytona. Yeah. yeah. And he said, "This is he said this is my purple tape, right? Yeah. I said, oh, shit, let me go back and listen to the purple tape. I said, oh, nah, nigga, this ain't your purple tape, nigga. This shit ain't like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> your shit fire now. I'm going to get that Daytona fire. But shit, nigga, this is like... 16, 14, 15 tracks of straight heat. Right. Mm-hmm. Only time, but yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Indeed. Now, now I, let, me go ahead, throw my, let me throw my shot down. Whenever you got on the show, I'm, I'm not a you God fan. <laughs> 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 throw, that, <laughs> throw, that, throw, that, throw that whole nigga away. Damn, yo. <laughs> hey, look. Domo clearly has a black shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you know it's funny, man. Listening to and you when you mentioned about you got again. Shout out to my boy Twelve Cow, man, with Twelve Cow Podcast. Now he does an excellent job when he reviews albums. His album isn't entirely a hip hop podcast, but when he does music, he does a great job of reviewing them. He did a great review for this uh, coming out this last week with his boy Eclectic. They do great stuff like hip hop encyclopedia, and they also do their drafts where they draft certain things. They've done a a Wu Tang draft. They did a uh, Wayne draft. They did a uh, East Coast rapper draft. Like they just did an Eddie Murphy movie draft. So they do great work. But eclectic on there, man. Of course, they both had great things to say about this album. But the way you feel about you, God, 
Dom is the way that Eclectic feels about Master Killer. <laughs> and I was just talking to Jason about that before we came on. <laughs> and I'll share my thoughts with Master Killer a little bit later on. But Oh man. <laughs> but to sort of just just Yeah, just to sort of go and give my perspective on it. You talked about Pusha T, how he said that Daytona was his purple tape. And I agree that it's not his purple tape. And for you to say something like that, if you're going to say something is your version of the purple tape, it better be a damn good piece of work. And it's because of how great this album is. Now we talk about influences with certain people. This tape has influenced a lot of people in regards to like their styles and their subject matter. Like they talk about some, this is like a mafioso type rap type thing. This is sort of Raekwon sort of extending on what he learned mostly from Cool G Rap, right? Cool G Rap sort of giving that whole mafioso style rap, the type of slang and lingo and things he talks about, real criminal-minded, like crime, caper type things that you're talking about, really great storyteller. But you see stuff like Pusha T. Pusha T did things like this. You could see the influence that it had on him and folks like the, and the clips, like their albums. You see even got folks like Griselda with Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun and Conway, and you hear the same type of things that they're saying. It's almost like an updated version of what you were hearing, type of things that you heard on the Purple Tape here on Only Built for Cuban what, Links. What's that? What's that gun sound like a little bit like Rayquan, but he can't rap like Rayquan? Nah, well, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, like, I can hear you try to say, you sound like him a little bit. I said, but the the content. Ain't Raekwon content. Nah, nah. The content isn't <laughs> as far as like quality. I will have to say that. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I think the content of what they're talking about, the whole thing, coke rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, mafioso yeah, exactly. crime like, stuff. Like, they try to make make what what put your T called luxurious coke rap. Right, luxurious coke rap. <laughs> right. So yeah. So this is this was more of like an offshoot of that. But listening to this album even back then, man, I just thought it was just really dope because one, the production. It's great on this, Jay. And it's like the same thing we talked about, right? You listen to certain producers and be like, yo, I'm never going to be that good. Well, it's the same thing with listening to RZA, particularly with this album, because I think this is some of his best work production-wise. That really sets the soundtrack of this. And then the content and then the direction of this album, it sort of speaks to RZA's power as an executive producer. And my boy Dion, I'm going to give you a shout-out as well. Dion from uh, Champagne in the Locker Room, they do the Know-It-Alls podcast with his folks there champagne in the locker room he did a post earlier this week where there was a demo version of um if the homies can't have none uh from doggy style and how the direction turned from the demo to what ended up on the album he said this is dre's brilliance the difference between a beat maker and a producer and that's where rizza excels most producers excel when they take a song just from a good song with a good beat and tight lyrics to a song that develops into an actual piece of art so that's what RZA did on this album. Raekwon himself, to be able to have something like this, it was like even listening to it now and going into and looking at music like the way that I do, this is more so just like a movie. I mean, it's literally, it has a star, Raekwon, it has a co-star or a supporting actor and Ghostface Killer, and then you have the supporting cast around them and the rest of the Wu who are on this album, and every Wu-Tang member was on this album except for old dirty bastard it even had blue raspberry who was a vocalist on here as well and of course the famous guest appearance which for my money is one of the top 10 guest appearances on a song ever with Nas from verbal intercourse Mm. but it's almost like you were watching and listening to a movie and looking at some of the articles earlier on this week and there was an article in variety where Raekwon was being interviewed 
he said that he wished if he could have taken this one more step further, he would have wanted to do a movie for this album. And it's almost like when you're listening to this album, it's like you're watching a gangster movie or one of those hood movies back in the day. And it's Ray and Ghostface who are the main stars. And then this cast of characters who are around them and it's capable they're trying to go ahead to, uh, to form. And it's, you get that from the skits and the skits you hear in there just have me cracking the hell up because you got this banner between Ray and ghost. They two of the funniest niggas without really trying to be funny, but they funny as hell with the stuff that they say, especially, especially ghost face, <laughs> <laughs> especially ghost face. Like you hear that on the shark, you know, shark biting niggas uh, skit on earlier. The two of them just had me cracking up laughing. It's like, they wasn't even trying to be funny, but they were funny as hell. Then you hear the different type of tales and when we talk about storytelling rappers, right, you get into the Nas's, you get into the Biggie's, the Slick Rick's, and to so many of the other great storytelling rappers, Raekwon isn't mentioned hardly enough in that realm. And this is, he tells, the stories he tells on this album is one of the most underrated parts of the Purple Tape because it's almost like you were looking at a script of a movie and this movie was moving along and the script was just leading from one chapter to the next, from one scene to the next, to a climax, all the way down to the ending of it. And that's what was another great thing about this, listening to it again this week. And like you said, Jay, I listen to this frequently because it's a, it has great replay value. Here we are 25 years later, and it's still a relevant album even after all this time later. The guest spots on here, I mean, from, from Method Man, who was, of course, on the hook for Ice Cream and on Wu Gambino's to his leadoff verse on Wu Gambino's to Inspector Deck to, I mean, it's Nas... And then also seeing things, you know, from Genius, from the Jizza. And Jizza would have an album that would come out later on this year, which, again, is another standout Wu single album for Liquid Swords. Mm -hmm. But everything kind of led up to the next person's project, and it set the tone for Ghostface to be able to become a star and have his own solo album, which was followed with Iron Man the year afterwards. But great production. I mean, Riz's best work on here, man. Like some of the stuff when it comes to the strings and the samples that he flips to the vocal samples. I mean, to the movie, the movies that he uses, everything from Scarface to Kung Fu movies. This really was just a complete body of work. To be able to sit there to talk about the type of things, the influences that people talk about, like what impact this album had on them. Just awesome, man. Just awesome, awesome work. And I like to see the props that it got so far this week. Folks realizing the place that it has in the game. Again, there we have it. And now we're going to go into your highlights and lowlights, if you have any, which I do think Damo has one. <laughs> Actually, I think he has a, a, a person as his lowlight, but <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get into it. So, Damo, I'm going to start with you, man. Just your highlights from what you heard on the album and, uh, you know, what your lowlights are. Let's go ahead and get them out there. Well, we're going we to start with lowlight first. We already know. <laughs> I didn't make it no secret. You got... <laughs> <laughs> no, you know they say liquid swords and all. That. Like in the documentary, they said what they have. They sword sharks. They must have gave that nigga a butter knife because I don't know <laughs> what the fuck Damn, this bro. nigga was Damn. doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this nigga was doing in Wu Tang because mm. this nigga was not it. I, maybe because he in the building and oh, he crazy. I let's go snatch him up and he with us. Oh, he in the studio like Jim Jones, and I think I can rap. <laughs> nah, you should have left him outside the studio. <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> Carry the luggage around or something, whatever. But he's a low light. Highlight, 
even when he was on the song, the song was still a highlight. He, just he was on it. But, <laughs> man, I, highlights, you man, you got Wisdom Body, Ghostface by himself, just about by himself on that job, killing yeah. it, verbal intercourse. Man, for real, and we ain't even at the part yet. This is, yeah. What was the album we did about two, three weeks ago? We talked about Hands Down Classic. Yeah, yeah. Bonafide, certified. Yeah, this is from top to bottom for real. It ain't no skips to me. Yeah, like you know they got the, nope. they got the skits in at the right time. The lyrics is there. Everybody is giving it to me except for you, God. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. 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 Pause on that. Pause on that. <laughs> but yeah. I- I was like, dang, I'm going to crank this a little bit more. I'm going to slip it not playing this album. This is, this feel the shit. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite verse on there, if you had to have a favorite verse? Oh, you want to go there? Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. I had, it, I had it ready. Let me. Man, I got a couple of them. Yeah, just, uh, just, I uh, you mean, just, just you can say whose verse. You don't have to say the verse itself. Or guillotine sword. Inspect the deck. The first, the first verse. Mm, that's mm. a good choice. <laughs> that's a good choice. Yeah, I know. Man. Yeah, I know. Man, man, what they doing with you, God, on this album? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. That's that's one of my favorite verses on it. Yeah. Now I hear you. Well, cool. Jay, what about you, man? What are your highlights and lowlights on the album? Uh, I might be in a little more hostile state of mind besides um, Dom there as far as like what I consider a low light because I know Master Killer was on the joint, but I, it's like I just have like a mental block set up. <laughs> no, listen, listen, like I have a mental block set up where I can't remember the track he was on. Like I remember everything else about him <laughs> being on the track, but Master Killer, I, I'm, I just got to keep it a buck and say that, but... um. <laughs> But nah, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not even gonna spend too much time on Master Killer for that one because I pretty much, I mean, I think we all said what needs to be said about Master Killer and like yeah, exactly. How we talked earlier there, Brian, about like you know how Killer Priest has been like a more a better fit for the Wu overall besides like just the tracks he was on because like I mean Killer Priest is like criminally underrated in my opinion. Absolutely. But um yeah. But nah, like I gotta say one thing about the skits. So like back then, I didn't appreciate the skits to be for real, for real. Which I thought, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like kind of like rambling on and on. I mean, Ghostface and Rayquan could be funny as hell. Don't yeah, get me wrong. But <laughs> right, I was just so eager to hear the music. But then learning years later, like the, like the um significance of the, um, of the skits, like um the um, the shock bite is because I didn't know back then Rayquan and Biggie didn't get along. Yeah, which is you crazy, I mean? like, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean, I heard about it on Nas and Last Real Nigga Live, but I went back and researched it. Like, when basically, how it was like really some beef and like. They even invoked Nas's name in there. He was like, yeah, niggas biting off of Nas shit. I, I kind of like had to think about like how the Ready to Die cover looked and how the Illmatic cover looked. Yeah. How it was like both of them looking like as like children. Yeah. It's like, oh, snap. Maybe what he's talking about. But then it's more significant now as far as like the state of hip hop, as far as like or how it got over the years with people trying to sound like each other and all like that and how mm-hmm. it was like, I don't want niggas sound me on no album. Like, no you know, album, like, right. Yeah, like, I don't want you sound in. like no I don't want you sound like no niggas from the room. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, and on, and, and, and on that note, Dom, like, on that note, I mean, like, 
he kind of took ease on action Bronson. I just had to put that out there too because it makes me think about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, nigga, <laughs> it's action Bronson. It's like a ghost face clone and white face. Matter of fact, somebody yeah. on Twitter called him white face killer. <laughs> oh, wow, terrible, terrible. Nah, but go ahead, Jay. Nah, but like you know, and on that note, well. I ain't even gonna say what I was gonna say about Bub Style. I was, I was just keep it moving on that one, but um, <laughs> um you, you know what I was about to say on that yeah, one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I will say it, like, since I already put it out there, because like, as far as like biting, I'm gonna need Billy Dance to find this dude and like, you know, have a serious talk with him. But like, even though the music is fire, but like that shit, yeah, that's just why. Just listen to Bub Styles if you know what I'm talking, then you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. It's like this nigga t- press control copy and control paste. That's what the fuck he did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, but then like highlights of the album, man, like all the RZA's production. I mean, just like different tracks. I mean, Heaven to Hill. I mean, I heard I heard that joint on like the Fresh soundtrack before the album dropped. Mm, yeah. And that joint, you know what I'm saying? Just like the mood of the joint and like, you know, and I, I know, um, nah, my mate, I know, like, it probably, like, kind of upset you. He was like, tell Golden Arms maintain the full, because, I mean, you guy was invoked there, but mm-hmm. everything else about the track, you know what I'm saying, was fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Wisdom, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wisdom. I mean, back, and even back to um, Heaven to Hell, young, I'm sorry, maybe I, I'm, I'm not as cultured to R&B as you may be dumb, but I thought Blue Raspberry sung her ass off on that drink. Yeah. I don't know if you remember like, her riffing at the end, like yeah, that joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That joint, yeah, man. She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. She put her yeah. foot into that joint. Of course, glaciers of ice, ice water. You know, so especially ice water, because like I even heard like this joint about them, like you know, RZA made that beat, but apparently like RZA really didn't smoke weed like that when he was producer, but he did it for ice water. Mm. And yeah, and you heard how that joint turned out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, and nah, nah, right. And then like you know, to a further attest like how fire the joint was. I mean. And I guess this kind of could be a low light in the long run. I really didn't mess with Capadonna like that. Mm, we, you and I and, are the same on that. Yeah, and then like you know, because he sounded he sounded dope on that. I was actually quoting Capadonna lyrics on this straight. This is when he first went by Cappuccino. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't know the 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 tragedy was yet to come in further years. So I actually bought the Capadonna album to pillage later on, but that could be another podcast. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying he sounded dope on that drink, and then sounded dope on Ice Cream as far as like. Yeah, you know his verse. I mean, that's just like another testament how dope Rizzo is with his with his production. So of course, verbal intercourse, and I know I know I don't want to jump around too much, but as far as like verses, Nas's verse on that joint is probably like one of the top five verses I've ever heard in hip hop, mm. let alone from a Nas verse. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, it was it, it was it was just flawless. I mean, just but you had to come flawless on it because that joint was just so beautifully done too. Yeah, that's um, funny. I'm trying to think in, in other joints. Um, the Can It Be Also Simple Remix, that joint, I like how that was put together. Yeah. Blue Gambinos, because I, I like how RZA came in there, like, and did his thing, especially, like, I just always, like, really like it when, you know, he puts, when it, like, you know what I'm saying, Meth and RZA get on tracks and do their thing, but, like, I don't know, man. I'll be here all day talking, like, highlights of joint. It was just, it was just fire, so. Yeah. <laughs> man, my highlights, well, first of all, I'll get into my low light. My low light is, is, is Master Killer. Um, and I'm not really a big fan of you, God. That I thought I thought he was okay on this. I didn't think he was great, but I thought he was okay. But Master Killer is so funny because just to hear Cleck talk about it on Twelve Cows podcast, and I got to thinking. Right, so I started thinking about that Cat Williams meme where you said, "Tell me somebody who ever said, man, Master Killer just ripped that joint." Don't worry, I'll wait. <laughs> like, don't worry, I'll wait. I mean, I've, I've never really been a big fan of Master Killer. Um, as the saying goes, 
on the very last track on Enter the 36 Chambers, which is Wu-Tang's solo album. It was pretty much up between Master Killer and Killer Priest to get the last verse. And as a result, that's the person that would have rounded out the crew for the original Wu-Tang Clan crew. And based on what I was reading, it was something like Killer Priest couldn't make it to the studio because he had fell asleep. So Master Killer was available. So that last verse on the Art of Chess Boxing, which is the last track on in the 36 Chambers, he ended up being the one that was on there. I honestly only think the only verse that I think from him that I can appreciate truly was the verse on Triumph. And I mean, everybody got their man on Triumph, though. It's, <laughs> I mean, but that that was a low, that was a low point on Triumph. To it me, was but. a low point on Triumph, but at least <laughs> I think it was something that I could appreciate, though. But yeah. as far as low lights, that's it, man. When I go through the rest of this, like y'all said, from top to bottom, Damo, like you said, from front to back, this is almost perfection. Riz's beats on here. I mean, criminology, knowledge, God, incarcerated Scarfaces, to me, one of the best, uh, that break beat right there, those drums. I mean, those drums right there have been used by a number of different people on different tracks. I mean, that it's just awesome. And a great verse by Raekwon, uh, guillotine, guillotine swords, and hearing Jizza on that. Let me just tell y'all what I think about Deck, right? Inspector Deck, to me, is hip-hop's Ricky Henderson. He really is. If you want to get a lead off to start something off right, I don't know many people that are able to lead tracks off like the way that Inspector Deck can. And Inspector Deck has gotten on tracks with other MCs who are exceptional. And then it's what to me I think it does is it raises the game of everybody else afterwards. Everybody knows about his verse on Triumph, but there's his verse on this. There's also his verse on True Master with Pete Rock and Corrupt. I mean, <laughs> you just think about that. It's like, yo, you got a guest spot for Inspector Deck. It's like, yo, all right, cool. We letting Deck go first because Deck going to raise everybody's level. And that's exactly what I think he did on Guillotine Stores. And then hearing Jizza, of course, on that. And can, I, can it be also simple? The remix, that was a great take on the original Wu-Tang track. Ice water, glaciers of ice, I mean, all that stuff, man. Verbal intercourse with Nas, I'm with you, Jay. To me, that is a top 10 feature verse in hip-hop history. And that, that when I... be like in a museum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so when we talked about, there was a post we put out there on Facebook a few years ago. Actually, Jay and Damo, it came up on my memories on Facebook. It said, name a rapper that has all one of these, a top 10 album, Top 10 song, top 10 disc record, top 10 feature. Well, with me, one of the people I picked was Nas. And for the top 10 feature, that this was my top 10 feature was Verbal Intercourse. And to start that off, to lead that one off as well, goodness. Wisdom Body, Ghost really got a chance to shine on the track by himself there. We all know about Ice Cream, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is a hip-hop classic track for the ages, 25 years later. And we still remember that song, all three of those verses, that hook by, by Method Man and then the video. <laughs> and then the video. Like, who didn't want to get us? Like, Kyle mentioned this on his podcast. Who didn't want to get a shirt like that for their shorty? Like, seriously. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who didn't want to get a shirt like that for their youngin'? Like, seriously. And then, I mean, this, that, and then that beat. I think I remember we went through one of those uh, videos where you mentioned me on Facebook one time, Jay, where you were saying how they pretty much, they took the original sample for what RZA took for Ice Cream, which was actually an Earl Clue track that he used yeah. to sample with this, and then it slowly but surely transitioned into the beat, how he flipped it. Like, it's just one of those things about RZA. It's like, damn, can I ever really be that good? Can I ever take something like that and then flip a sample like that to where it turns out to be something beautiful like that? Wu Gambino's 
Method Man's leadoff first on this joint was ridiculous. It just goes to show you, man, when you get a guy, get him on a posse track. He's another one that he can raise the level of a track and everybody else on it as well. The thing about you know some of that, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, some of that, I, w- I would prefer you guy being on Wu Gambinos as opposed to, you know what I'm saying, the other journey on like, Knuckleheads, yeah, yeah, on Knuckleheads. I would prefer to, I mean, I'm not saying he would outshine anybody by any means, but I think mm-hmm. it would like maybe, maybe have him like step it up a little bit to where like he'd have been tolerable, <laughs> put it like that, yeah. Well, Damo sitting there like, mm, I don't know about all that. I mean, he could have got left off completely. I'm just saying, if he had to be on there, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be on Wu Gambinos. Yeah, than to be on Knuckleheads. <laughs> nah, I got yeah. you. Indeed. Nah. And Heaven and Hell, I remember that from the Fresh soundtrack, just like you said, Jay. But you know the other mm-hmm. thing I noticed and remembered about Heaven and Hell? I remember Backyard yeah. hitting this joint on a few tapes in 95. And oh, Yeah, I had a couple of joints. Yeah, and a couple of... Uh, the version that I remember specifically about Heaven and Hell, which is a great track and a great work by Ghostface Killer, and you're right. Blue Raspberry killed that joint, especially near the end. But the version I remember specifically with Backyard was that 71695 tape of the Sugar King that uh, they also had Shia Lee on and also Mickey at the end, Go Go Mickey on the Congos. But I remember this because this really kicked off like the second half of the tape. And... For my money, that's that's one of the most crankiest tapes in Go-Go that I can remember within the last 20 to 5 to 30 years because the way that second half started off with that heaven and hell and then Lowe sitting there spitting almost like he was Raekwon. To tell you the truth, it was like he was right. taking his, his style from Raekwon. But this was a great track, though. Heaven and Hell and that beat from Heaven and Hell was a great one, too. Um, the last one, North Stars, is a great way to be able to close out the album, man. But this production on here... The beats and stuff, man, for Ice Water. Like, it's crazy you said Resident never really smoked and looked like that. But then he smoked on this joint and made the Ice Water. It's kind of go show the power of weed and what it can do <laughs> to your creativity. That beat from Verbal Intercourse is cold for criminology, cold for glaciers of ice, cold ice cream. I mean, bruh, it's it's a lot, man. This is This is awesome. And what I also love is the fact that because this was a movie, everybody had their nicknames. So it was taken from the whole mob mentality. Everybody had a mob nickname. You had Ghostface Killer, who was Tony Starks. You had You God, who was Golden Arms. We knew Golden Arms, but AKA Lucky Hands. Inspector Deck was Raleigh Fingers. Master Killer was Noodles. Nas was Nas Escobar, which this is the first time that we really get to see Nas and mention with his moniker Escobar in it. And Method Man being Johnny Blaze, RZA being Bobby Steels, and Capadonna being Cappuccino. And I got to also say as well, Jay, I was not a big Capadonna fan either. <laughs> I was I mean, never really a big Capadonna fan, but he had his moments to shine on. This album, he shined in particularly, though. And I will give him his props. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was pretty much a, it was pretty much a rap after I probably say the Iron Man drink for Capadonna, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would have to say that as well. <laughs> to me, I was never. I mean, Capadonna did his thing. He definitely could shine, and this was his bright spots. He definitely complimented the album well, but I never really was a big fan of him after, like you said, Iron Man. After it went into the second Wu album, into his solo album. Yeah, so that's that. But. But nah, really great stuff, man. Um, lots of highlights on here. The lowlights, we've already mentioned to them. But, you know, it's, it's a great album. But now we get to get into the fun part. Because we talked about beats and we talked about lyrics. Now we're going to get into notable quotables. And what a hard choice for anybody to pick a verse on here that's their particular favorite. So we'll get into notable quotables. So we'll go into that. Uh, Damo, I'll start with you since you mentioned it. You said you had a couple of them. But go ahead and... Uh, Go ahead and let us know what your notable quotable is. Man, I guess I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with my favorite one. And all the man, I love him. 
everybody probably would have thought I would have went now because you already know how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, had, so I had to psych you out. <laughs> and to psych y'all listeners out and come with a check the deck. <laughs> <laughs> the whole verse, for real, I unfold the scroll, plant seeds to stampede the globe. When I'm deceased by the beast, arise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets. Live on the run, police paying me to give in my gun. Trick my wisdom with the system that imprisoned my son. Smoke a gold leaf, I hold heat. Nonchalantly, I'm raunchy. The things I do is real, it never haunts me. Wild, funny style niggas roll in a pile. Rooster heads profile on the bus to Riker's Isle. Holding weed inside the pussy with their minds on their street things in life. Pops is a true thug's wife. It's like a cycle. Niggas come home, so they go in and do a bullet, come back, do the same shit again from the womb to the tomb. Presume. Good goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah, man. That that lead-off verse by Nas is something. And to say that, and that's a standout verse on this album that is full of standout verses. By Ray, by Ghost, by Jizza, by Method Man, by Deck. Yeah, it's a standout verse without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the things that he says, things on here, I mean, the fact that he says, holding weed inside their pussy with their minds on the pretty things in life, props is a true thug's wife. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a, a apt term for the name of the song, verbal intercourse, because it really is like verbal intercourse is exactly what it is. So, well, Jay, what about you, man? What's your notable quotable? I mean, of course, Dom took up with Nas's joint. I mean, that's like I <laughs> top five. But I mean, yeah, I got I mean, but the drain on um Wu Gambino's way meth laid like laid the drain off. Like yeah, scriptures hit the body like sawed off shotties. Like my head naughty and my nose piece snotty. Fucking nigga Heidi, the whole pussy probably burned like the deserts of Bugabi for real. Mm. Like that. Sh- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> burned like the deserts of Mugabe. <laughs> That's mm. crazy. <laughs> Hey, meth I mean, does then, that, man. And then, um, I mean, of course, you know, ice cream, like, you know, Ghostface ver- uh, verse, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it kind of matched the video, too. He was up there, like, hollering at the shorty or whatever like that. And then he was like, don't mean no harm, but turn around turn again. Turn around God again. Damn, back, God damn, back y'all was banging like a Benzie. If I was Jiggy, you'd be spotted like Spud McKenzie. Like, <laughs> yeah. that actually was like a dope pickup line. You saw, like, a chick you felt was bad. Like, God damn, back y'all was banging like a bitch. Like, it was, like, just like a notable, like, probably one of the best uses of a woo quote ever. You know what I'm saying? So, like. Yeah, nah, you're right. Before you go, Method Man kind of underrated, do you think? Underrated? I I don't... Do you think because he was with Red Man and they kind of were silly that people kind of underrated Method Man? As a lyricist, I think so. I I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know if I I As a lyricist, I say as a lyricist, yeah. As a lyricist, I think the heads recognize Method Man for who he is. I think... Commercially, though, people kind of I think it's a combination of those things. You talked about some of the fact that, you know, you had him meth and red doing the whole how high and blackout thing with the whole stuff with weed, the movie. But I think the heads recognize Method Man's a great lyricist. But then I also think, though, the heads kind of will look at Method Man. And if you look at this solo albums, I think out of the Wu solo albums to is probably fourth or fifth on the list. As far as the Wu solo albums that came out, I mean, you would think, right. Now you think about, like, you know, the albums that came out. And, of course, he's going to be the big star because, I mean, one, 
he's the, a magnetic personality. And to be quite honest, girls love him because they, they think he's good looking, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, that's really what helped him make him a big star. But when it came to, I think the heads recognize how great of a lyricist Method Man is. I mean, I've known Method Man has been a great lyricist from day one. From the very first time I heard him on Enter the 36 Chambers and everything else afterwards. But I do think that he hasn't made great albums as much. So I think people sort of underrate him because I think Takao was a great album. I don't think it was quite a classic. I think it's a borderline. But anything he did after that, it was, you know, album as a full body of work. I don't think it was really all that great. So I think that's why people may underrate him because I don't think he has that body of work as far as when it comes to solo albums are concerned. So I think he does have classic cuts, though, without a shot of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, but... To get back to that verse, though, Jay, the one about Ghostface. So when that line mm-hmm. came back and when he said, God damn, backyard's banging like a busy, when he said that on a verse, I remember that that song came on on the radio and I was listening to Ice Cream. I was in the car with my mother. And when she heard him say that, he said the whole God damn, the whole thing. And then she heard that. She looked at me and she said, turn the channel right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... Since y'all both took my first and second choices for notable quotables, I got to go with my third, which is Inspector Deck. Lead off first <laughs> on guillotine, sword, poisonous paragraphs, smash your phonograph in half, it being Inspector Death on the warpath, first class, leaving mics with a cast, causing ruckus like the aftermath when guns blast. Run fast, here comes the verbal assault. Rhymes running like a wild, like a child in a walker. I scored... From the inner slums abroad, my thoughts are razor sharp. I slice the mic from the cord. First they criticize, but now they become mentally paralyzed with hits that I devise. Now I testify, the rest is I, rival INS, your highness, blessed to electrify with voltage of an ill truth that I reveal. I'll crush amateurs who scream to keep it real. As I said, he does a great job leading off tracks. I mean, he raises the level of everybody else who comes afterwards. And uh, to have a song like that, to have all the folks who come afterwards, Ghost, Ray, Jizza, all afterwards, all great lyricists been themselves, all awesome, awesome lyricists. Have a guy like that lead off, it raises the level of everybody else. And you could tell that as the verses go on to be able to hear the things that come and you just like, damn, it's just just great. And there's a lot of great verses on here. I mean, shoot, Raycorn's incarcerated scar faces, um, the things that you hear on tracks like Heaven and Hell. I mean, it's, it is lots and lots of great verses, though. So we can sit here and talk all day about verses. This album is definitely highly regarded. And it's highly regarded in the fact that when you talk about the just not even the best rap albums of 95, which to me, I think it's the best rap album of 95. We're going to do a lineup, actually a ranking later on this year of the best rap albums of 90, 95, and 2000 at the end of the year for the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Uh, but when you talk about the best rap albums of the 90s, this is right up there. So I guess we won't get into that. But to sort of talk about the best albums that the Wu has put out, the Wu members have put out. Now, we know this album came out. Also, there was Liquid Swords, which came out a couple of months after this, actually a month and a half after this. And we talk about this one and also Iron Man and then Supreme Clientele. So, Jay, where were you put this as far as the best Wu solo albums that have come out? Where, where would you rank this? Uh, for Cuban Links, I probably got to put, I mean, I would say actually in my top three. Your top three? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Solo um, projects? Yeah, as far as the solo yeah, projects, yep. the Wu solo projects. Who's yeah. come out solo projects? Yeah. yeah. Donna, I agree with you. you say the same in top yeah. three? It, it's yeah. in my top three, too. And to me, it's between three. It's between this, it's between Liquid Swords, and for me, it's between those two and Supreme Clientele. And yeah. now you get a little bit of an argument when you talk about some what's the bigger Ghostface album. 
is it Iron Man or is it Supreme Clientele? I said earlier this year on the podcast that after listening to the Supreme Clientele again, I actually think that it's a superior album to Iron Man. Actually, I think it's it's by a wider margin than people think it is, but I still think that Iron Man is a great album. But when it comes to the top three, it's like Supreme Clientele, Liquid Tours, and in this joint. So I think we're all in agreement right there. But definitely, I think this is probably the best album, 95. And this is a great year of albums, as we see we'll cover a lot more as the year goes on. Here we are, final verdict time, guys. Uh, spoiler alert of the year. Are we all in agreement? Is the verdict unanimous? Is this a certified classic? Yes, indeed. Now I'm going to come back with the scorecard like a bad boxing fight when you know with 12. Oh, nah, I'm messing with y'all. <laughs> <Right. laughs> nah, this is bona fide classic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably going to still be a classic to us 10 years from now and we come back and do it again for 30, 35 or whatever. Yeah. God willing, we still here. This is, yeah, this is heat. Yeah, it is. Just to sort of speak to the classic like material of this, Raekwon actually announced that they're going to be putting out a vinyl-only release of the instrumentals for Only Built for Cuban Links. It's coming out uh, within the next, I think within the next near future, they're going to have this one uh, coming out. But to see the love that people have given this album and to see... another Cuban Links album, too. Yeah, they put out Only Built for Cuban Links, too, which... To me, I think was a sort of a comeback album for him because I thought Ray definitely slipped up after only built for Cuba Links as far as the solo tip was concerned. But yeah. you know, but I, well, I he think said three. He said they put out three on Elliot Wilson's album. Oh, only built to put out single. Well, hopefully yeah. he brings the brings the fire once again. He's two for two on his only built for Cuba Links album. Hopefully he becomes three for three because this is fire and this is something that you can keep inside of the archives and listen to over and over and over again because the lyrics don't date themselves, man. It's just almost as you see that and you see where folks like Pusha T, like the clips, like Griselda got their stuff from. They got it, a lot of it from this, man. So uh, something great to have inside of your archive, something that you can sit there and give to younger folks to listen to and let them hear what greatness sounds like, man. Production, lyrics, storytelling, direction, everything in this is just awesome. And it's really kind of speaks to me the synergy between Raekwon and Ghostface Killer. The fact that you had a rapper that featured on this, and it wasn't his album, but he was definitely a contributing factor to this album being great. You saw that the favor was returned on Iron Man, where Raekwon featured prominently on that one as well, which we're going to cover that next year as 1996 as that album turns 25. But there we have it, Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links, a.k.a. The Purple Tape turning 25 years old, certified classic album. Make sure y'all go check it out anywhere where you can listen to albums. And also, if you get a chance and you get that vinyl of the Only Bill for Cuban Links instrumental album, that would probably be just as good to listen to be able to sit back and listen to all the fire beats that came from this joint. So make sure y'all go check it out. Make sure you go read some of the articles or the perspectives that came out, man. Really a truly classic and landmark album. Something to be able to cherish for the ages. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure that you go check us out on our host, Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sources. You can go to any one of our social media channels and subscribe to us by going to our link tree. Go to our link tree in any one of our bios and you can get to any of our streaming sources and all of our social media channels. You can get to us on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic, and also on Facebook and YouTube. You can search us by going to the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Search that and you can get there. Like the page on Facebook. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We publish a new episode on YouTube. Actually, a few days after the episode comes 
out on the podcast streaming sites and you can get there or there on YouTube as well. We like to make sure that you guys go check it out. Keep interacting with us on social media. We love to hear from all of the new listeners from all around the world. We do it here, of course, all here for you. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure you tell that friend to tell a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.